0: Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweller since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewellery gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com
1: The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is... You in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get reward points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com Ketel's
0: there. Billy the gold quiz. Billy Huddersfield down. The most famous goal of Chris Billy's life. Is this the moment for Lee Fowler? It is. Take your place
1: in Division 2, Huddersfield. Oi. Thank you. Steve Simonson's boots now. He's missed. Steve Simonson clears the frame of the goal and
0: collapses in a heap of tears. Huddersfield town a to promoted. The- For Schindler has a chance to write his name in Huddersfield Town Legend. And he takes that chance!
2: Well, um, it's all falling to bits here. It's episode 126 of the warm up. There's no Brady Frost. So. You stuck with me trying to run the show. But thankfully I have got some backup here. It's Johnny and Matt from the main pod are gonna try and help me out as best I can. My dog is already <laughs> crying in the background with no brady being here. So what a start to this one, eh hey, lads. How are we both doing? Good,
1: mate. Very well, thank you.
2: So we're gonna do a bit of a a double preview here today. We've got um the Sunderland game and the Swansea game. Um, so we'll start with a Sunderland one, um, given that it's uh, on Wednesday night. So um, Sunderland, they're uh, sitting ninth in the league as at uh, time recording here. Um, and they've actually got a pretty decent home record. Um, five wins from eight. It's not bad. Not bad, is it? Um, historically, uh, Town struggle against the Sunderland we've found um we have lost 38 times drawn 27 and won 24. It's quite played them quite a few times to be honest um so yeah Matt going off the back of a un, um, a surprising point against Southampton um with quite a quick turnaround so what is it four days recovery to this game um what do you think town should be doing? To go up to Sunderland and um, yeah, get point at least. I'd say is the aim in it when you're on the road.
3: Um, it's a tough one because the, the Sunderland are a good free-flowing football team, aren't they? But we've seen when we've come up against teams like Southampton and Ipswich that if we we actually have the tools to press teams high up the pitch that play out from the back. So it's going to be. I think Darren Moore is going to be caught between two stalls. Really, he's going to be. I think probably want to play five four one one and sit as deep as possible. That seems to be what he feels like he has to be brave. He'll, he'll understand that Sunderland do play out from the back and they can be caught as well. Um. So if you have Bergs or Karoma and Thomas fit, for example, those are three good pressing players that Headley can do it as well. And it's, it might be a case of maybe being conservative, but picking the right moments to, um, you know, trigger the press and, and and that really is the key because if you sit deep and let them dictate and dictate and dictate, it a goal will come eventually. And once we get behind at Sunderland, it'll be it'll be a struggle. So I think um really he needs to um learn a little bit from the second half and and maybe we need to um push higher up the pitch at certain points just to keep the wolves at bay, if you like, or the black cats at bay. Yeah. Um
2: Johnny Sunderland um played Plymouth on Saturday and lost the game 2-0, actually. It was a away game. Um, do you think there's much you can take from that? It looked like it was a good performance from Plymouth in the first half. And when you uh, when you look at the stats, um, it's quite similar to... who did we, we got absolutely whacked by Cardiff, didn't we? But the stats didn't really show. Do you know what I mean? When you looked at those Cardiff stats yeah. afterwards. Whereas this one, Sunderland, have had a lot more possession like double the amount of shots as Plymouth but come away 2-0 loss. So, I don't know. Can you take much from a, a team's performance, do you know what I mean, the stats from that and think, what a what Town got to do here, do you think, really?
1: I mean, yeah, stats don't always tell a full story, do they? Um, I think if you look at the stats of the second half of Town's game on, on Saturday, it, it looked very much... Um, to favour Southampton, but I thought we were by far the better team in that second half. certainly challenged the goal a lot more but yeah I read that Sunderland had a higher XG higher possession higher corner higher shots than Plymouth over the full 90 but lost 2-0 so I mean I think if we're going to get anything it's probably going to look quite similar Um, I don't I can't imagine us dominating possession instead of dominating XG I think it, it potentially gives us a blueprint I mean I've not I've not watched the game. So other than the, reading the stats, he can't tell you too much about it. But um, it's motivation. It's motivation for a team that's just above us in the league and go and get something. Um, then then hopefully we can get something against, against them too. But I think Sunderland, they seem to, to have a bit of a run and then a defeat and a bit of a run and then a defeat from looking at the results just by actually like just reading through them. So whether that is true to form and that was their defeat, which is for to come one game too early. And they're kind of up and at it against us, they probably will be. Um, but then we've we've come off a, a good 45 minutes doing what we need to do against a better team than Sunderland um, with, with greater assets um, granted at home. Um, but we can, like I say, if matches, says we can look to continue, be solid. I just don't want to say we want to play the first 45, let's play the second 45. We can be solid, get out of there and press cause problems, they do like to pass like Southampton, not quite as much as Southampton, I don't think anyone likes to pass as much as Southampton, but there will be opportunities if we can stay solid and play to our strengths and, like I say, Bergzog and Thomas can run at them make it uncomfortable, then there's there's always opportunities to be had, if we're positive.
2: Yeah, I mean, you touching on, I mean, bringing up Bergzog there. Um, Matt, when I look at Sunderland's team, and I don't know if I feel like this is quite a Tony Mowbray thing as well. They're always quite. He always seems to have quite young, young squads. I feel like um, it's not like I think quite a few of these players in that Sunderland team have matured now. I think like Luka nine is now what, is he captain for him this year? I think this. Um, I really like him. He gets stuck in. Doesn't he? He's quite a character. Um, but with the players coming back from town, can we maybe look at look at this game and think? we could go there and uh, give him a game and um potentially get some out of it um i mean how important are those players coming back really for us do you think
3: i mean i mean she never be scared of anyone else in the league really um it, it's still difficult i still think i still think darmo's had to he's been forced to play a different way by the sounds of things than what he originally wanted to do so he's maybe had to um, Park some of his plans. So, like I say, he's probably caught between two ideas now: whether to revert back to that or whether to um, carry on this sort of defensive approach. If I think if we go full defensive, uh, the, the problem I have under under more when we go five four one is that we never never get builds. We don't really have any outlets to take take the heat off. So, uh, you know, the higher the opposition press forward, and the defense starts to. You know, stand ten yards higher. We we just we just get penned in. Um, so it's really about. You you look at I don't know whether Danny Ward's going to play. He apparently, had flu on Saturday. Um, is he going to be ready for Wednesday? I don't know, but he's not someone you can completely rely on anyway, is he? With with his injury record. But Bergsorg again, is he fit to play in ninety minutes? Probably not. You know, Karoma was. neither was Kasumu. And it's another game three days after the first game for, for a while. So I I don't know, it's going to be interesting to see how people react, but I imagine there'll be some form of rotation at some point, whether that's in the starting lineup or intentionally from the bench. So, um, I I don't know. I don't think we're going to see any immediate changes just yet, Tom, I don't think it, but we have to trigger a press higher or or find a, a different method to get you know, higher up the pitch at times, just to take the pressure off, because that's what kills us, and that's what kills the fan spirit as well. Is just sitting in for the long periods, and it's uh, it's a depressing watch, isn't it, when that happens? So mm. we'll, we'll see. I'm I'm not sure. I'm not sure what to expect at Sunderland. Sunderland are a good passing football team, so I think the instinct might be just to sit in, but I think that might be wrong. If I'm honest, we, we saw last year when Neil Warnock went there, we he picked um, two, didn't he, up front? He had Diara uh, just behind a striker and. Diara had a had a great game up at Sunday last year and we, were, and we were a little bit more in the face. And I think that's what it needs, but I'm not sure whether he's going to be brave enough to do that. So, you know, that's what we need to work out, isn't it? Yeah. I mean,
2: Johnny, when you're looking at this start for Darren Moore, so it's, it's one win in 10, isn't it? Um, I think away games, um, it's two points out of the five away games we've had, um, including two pretty heavy defeats. Um, I mean, Matt's already touched on kind of <laughs> how hard it is to watch sometimes. But do you think when we are going away, he needs to start off by really just sitting in? I feel like after Leeds, he seems to have got a bit more a bit more sensible. I say sensible, like it seems to be a bit more uh, conservative, doesn't it, from the off. Um, going up to Sunderland on a Wednesday night, I think, you probably have to weather a bit of storm out, yeah, for the first um, 45 minutes at least.
1: Yeah, it's being, it's being pragmatic, isn't it? Some might say negative, but I'll probably say it's being pragmatic. It's, it's recognising the fact that if we can stay in the game, um, then there's opportunities for us to kind of be a bit freer, be a bit more open as the game progresses, as, as it, when players get a bit tighter. We've not the luxury of, of bringing amazing resources off the bench, so it, it can be you know I mean it can as the game goes on, we can get tired and the opportunity to try and make an impact can can be harder. But certainly to, to go at it from the first whistle and and, and try and take it to someone and maybe go down one early, I don't I don't think is probably the, the best game plan. So I think, yeah, if you if we can try and stay resolute and open up um, a little bit more as the game goes on, it's probably the best tactic, really. Um, and I think like I say, the fact we've got it's a midweek game. Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday. Um, I think these two games now are the ones that, was, unfortunately, it's almost gone in reverse. So Sampson being the hardest game, of the next hardest game, and then mm. Swansea probably the easiest on paper is, is probably the reverse to how we'd want it. So whether he looks to that a little bit, um, Swansea way in this run before January isn't an easy game, but it is, is one of the easiest on paper. So. Is that where he might look to target points a bit more? Could that come into his thinking, his approach to, to Sunderland? Um, it, it's hard. We've, we've talked on our pod, um, the main pod, is reviewing games, and you have previewing games, that he's not blessed with resources to start with. He does have a, a decimate, decimated squad as well. Um, so it's how, it's how he tends to approach that. And whether it's kind of been a bit more pragmatic, Sunderland trying to play in the last 20-25, we can keep it to nil-nil with a half a mine on Swansea on Saturday might be the way to approach it, looking at a bit more forward planning than just the Sunderland game.
2: Yeah. Um, it's uh, interesting looking at our resources compared to theirs. Um, Matt, I might be throwing you in the deep end a little bit here, but um, there's a few pretty decent names for Sunderland this year, isn't there? I think, and they've spent a bit of money.
3: Yeah, they've got a a billionaire backer, haven't they? Which is always nice. Although so have we, technically. Um, But yeah, Jack Clark's come come on leaps and bounds, hasn't he, for, for Sunderland? I remember yeah. when he broke through at Leeds and he seemed a little bit overrated for what he was and he got a big move to Spurs, didn't really work and then he went out on loan, didn't really work and then he's ended up going to Sunderland and and really sort of catching fire and he's, he's one of the better wingers in the league now. Um, Got Jude Bellingham's little brother in there as well who's doing quite well. Patrick Roberts is a player who could have been a top class player when he played for England, a signed player for England under seventeens, and he was he was electric. He was he was unreal. He looked like he could potentially be the next, you know, huge thing in in world football. Never mind for England. And it's just not really happened. But there are little flashes that, you know, reappear every now and then. Uh where he reminds you that he's he's he is a good player. And like I said, they've got Ballard as well, Daniel Ballard at the back, who's young. Uh they signed him, I think, from Arsenal. You have me in at the deep end, but I think he came from Arsenal. Um was injured or last year. I think they signed him for big money. Uh, and then he injured himself really early and uh, didn't appear for quite a while. And he's come back this season and he looks he looks pretty good. And I, I like the goalkeeper as well, Patterson. He's come through the academy and I remember sat behind him last year at, at Sunderland and he, he, he was really good at dominating his box. I don't know whether that was a, a one game deal or not, but he, he was really, really good and his um, his distribution was good as well, which which is really key in in, in what they do. So have a lot of good young players, and the seem that seems to be their mo. Like you, you mentioned earlier. so they've signed, uh, you know, a lot of players from abroad as well. They've come over in their early twenties. Some have done well, some haven't. Um, so, and they signed a kid from from West Ham, I think, at the start of last year as well. Uh, who uh, whose name just escapes me because you have thrown him in at the deep end, but the, you know, he he came through and he did pretty well. So they've they've certainly got a a genetic uh, makeup, if you like, of what you know, and a, a plan of what they want to do. And it seems to be to spend money on developing good young footballers to sell for, for profit, which is not entirely, they're not entirely alone in that, is it? And everyone calls it the Brentford model, but Huddersfield were doing that in, you know, 2013 before before that. So it's, everybody's done it, you know, it's not a specific thing. So, um, yeah, good, good young team uh, with an experienced old head managing them. It's, it's quite a good mix, really. And like you've said, they've got Luke 9 in there as a player I've always, always quite liked. Um and uh, just one or two local lads as well, throwing in. Uh, Hume at the right back as well, and Patson, the like I said, the academy keeper, and they've um, uh, got one or two more as well who, who've come through Huggins, and I think they had a uh, Denis sirkin as well. I don't think he's been playing recently. The, the left back. So I, I like Sunderland as a team. There's a lot. There's a lot to like. Um, they play good football. They bring players through the academy. They don't really go out and spend silly money, silly wages in proportion to what. Yeah, what they turn over. So yeah, there's a lot to like about what they do, um, and um, and and they're a, they're a good outfit. And I think they slightly overachieve for the quality maybe that they've got, but it, it works. And you know, more power to them. And the football museum's great as well. And while I'm praising Sunderland, the football museum, if you go pre-match, is brilliant as well up there. So you know, if you're going up there tomorrow, have a look, it's a lovely stadium up there as well, isn't it? It's, yeah um, yeah it's yeah it's decent it's one of the sort of early early new ones isn't it so yeah. it's, um, it's it's good it's very similar to some of the other what you know the other similar bowls if you like but it's yeah it's good it's one of the it's one of the originals so yeah i'll give them that yeah i am
2: um, right we're nearly at halfway so it's almost perfect time to to cross over to our other other preview but i'll just give you a bit of a so Town's first meeting with Sunderland was in 1920, a boring nil-nil at Leeds Road. It um, actually took town eight attempts to beat Sunderland. Um, and that was a 3-2 win in the 1923 season. So that was obviously a massive three points. Um and then Matt, sorry, touched on it, last meeting won all. Um so taking into account the last meeting and how things are going for both teams at the moment, um, have you two got any predictions? What what would you think if you had to if you have to predict a score and, and maybe a goal scorer, what do you think for uh, Wednesday night?
1: Do you want me to go first? Go on then, Johnny. I'll go for a 1-1. Yeah. I think Coroma will score for Town. And I think um because he loves to play against town, I think Alex Pritchard will score again hey. for Sunderland. <laughs> so I'm celebrate. <laughs>
2: And get booed by town fans again. And get
1: booed.
3: <laughs> I mean, uh, I'm heart. heart. says potential one all draw again. Um, head says we'll get swatted 3 0. So <laughs> kind of like caught between both. Um I just think they're too good for where we are at the moment. Mm. And they'll they'll over they'll turn us over.
2: Yeah. I'm I'm kind of weird there. Matt, I think it'll be a similar setup to Hull. Well, yeah, I think we'll go there and be very, very defensive. So it's one of those, I think if you can get to half-time at nil-nil, then maybe he assesses it and he thinks, right, is there anything? Because I feel like we did that on um, on Saturday, assess it, see what we how we can break them down and hopefully uh, have some joy. But yeah, I'm, I'll am i go for a nil-nil. I'm going to say the whole tactics will play, pay off and we'll nick a point up there, I think. So that's your uh, your first half. Um, so we're uh, halfway through and we've got another game to preview because we have also got another away game on Saturday, which is Swansea away. Quite harsh, that, isn't it? Sunderland on a Wednesday night, then Swansea on a Saturday. I feel like Warnock already moaned about that at the start of the year, didn't
3: he? Should we moan about it again? Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, I mean there's town fans that are, are going to do that. There's a problem. Yeah. Probably quite a few will I'll go to Sunderland midweek and then Swansea on a Saturday. That's yeah, it's a good job we don't live in America, isn't it? Because that would be problematic <laughs> yeah. for our way travel, but yeah, it's not it's not great, is it? I mean, Plymouth probably get probably sat there going, What are you wearing? Are you yeah, about? we exactly. get this every, every week, but um, yeah, I've just noticed, Tom, there's a load of jingles here that I can throw in at any point for you. So if you if you need any any jingles or segues, I can I can do that for you quite nicely. I've just noticed the Josh Caroma. Viking Warhorn. I should have played that <laughs> when um, when Johnny was. Uh... Yeah. Well, so
2: if you hear anything, come up, Matt, just, yeah, jingle away. <laughs> um, so Swansea then, yeah, uh, they're, they're 17th as, at time recording, 17th. They're actually playing Leeds on Wednesday night. So you'd probably think they're not going to pick up a win, maybe a draw. You never know. Um. And their home record isn't too brilliant so far this season. Um, it's only two wins at home for them so far. Um, and they only sit four points above town at the moment. If they don't pick anything up against Leeds, then we could really c- close the gap a little bit on them. Um, Duff, Mr. Duffman, is the manager this season. <laughs> yeah. Um, Matt, you were a big a fan of his, weren't you last season? I think, and yeah, I think quite well. I think quite a few town fans did make the suggestion that if if they went down, if Barnsley went down, then he'd someone that you'd um, you'd approach. Um, can you uh, tell us why yeah. you liked him so much?
3: Yeah, I just I just felt that he suited our squad. Uh, when you look at this, you know, so I wanted him in the summer when Neil Warnock, even instead of Neil Warnock, I thought I felt like could rode off into the sunset and it was the perfect ending. Um so I was quite felt that, you know, the likes of Lees Hellick, um, Hogg, etc., all suited him to a T down to the ground. And I felt the, the squad suited him and he could carry on specifically what Neil Warner could had, had done. Um so I, I felt he was a good fit, you know, from down the road if you like and good young up and coming manager very, very much, you know, schooled by deitch if you like in that burnley team as well not great football by any any stretch but we don't have great players so um it, you know stan stand, turnant sprays of champagne taste some beer money almost that <coughs> all of a sudden came into my head then mm. but um yeah i just thought i thought it was a good fit for us i thought it suited us i didn't think he was a good fit for swansea at all to be honest um and their fans weren't very keen on him at all at one point you know the swansea a, a ve- have a Much been a passing and possession based team for a while. They had Russell Martin, so to go from a manager who loves the ball and doesn't want anyone else to have the ball in Russell Martin to a manager who doesn't want the ball at all and is very much all about defensive shape is such a culture shock for Swansea that I just didn't really see the fit, if you know what I mean. So I can, I I, so I now understand well, I, I know why Swansea fans are struggling. what what's your favourite away day? Matt, it's got to be the city ground at Nottingham. Just old school stadium. You're right near the pitch. Great atmosphere. But there's nothing like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. I'm with him at the minute, but he's a good manager. He's Michael Duff, in my opinion. I think he'll... I'm not sure whether he'll ever win the Swansea fans over because they're used mm. to, you know, you Roberto Martinez and you know that's that style of football and they have Loudrope, didn't they? They had some really good, really good managers that you know over the last sort of 15 years there. Um, so it's that mold that they're used to. So, um, so for them, I'm not sure it's quite the right fit. But for us, I think it'd have been perfect in in everything it did and and the squad as well. But you know, we. we he, he went there and we went with uh, Mr. Moor. Yeah. <laughs> Moor at the Hudders.
2: Johnny, um, given this kind of short turnaround that we've already touched on um, but, and our injury list seems to, once it looks like it's coming back, just keeps growing again. Um, do you expect kind of, quite a few changes. I mean, it, it might be asking a lot of certain players to to do these two games, um, like the younger lads and stuff. I mean, what, what what do you think the approach should be? Kind of maybe over both games, not just this one, really, like squad-wise. Would you be um, playing around with that squad a bit?
1: I don't think we have too much of a luxury to to really adapt it hugely. Um, like I say, it's... We've lost we are back to one strike, aren't we really? If if Danny Ward is, is fit for Wednesday, I presume he'd be fit for the weekend if it is flu. Um even if fit Danny Ward struggled to kinda of complete a, a, a full ninety, um although we probably wasn't too fit in all honesty start of the season towards the back end of last season. Is um what, Danny Ward? <laughs> 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 but that's the thing of I it. Mean, you you You've got a few impact players. You've got players that wouldn't necessarily want to necessarily give a, few, a full 90 to. Um, I think you might have a luxury start some of those players against Swansea versus Sunderland. I'm thinking players like Diara. I wouldn't necessarily look to start Diara um, against Sunderland. You might start him more against the Swansea. So there's potential rotation there. Um, there's rotation in positions or depth, a bit more depth in positions that I don't think might make an impact. I look at the likes of Edwards you could you could bring in to give fullback a rest but does that really enhance the team other than fitness pro- probably not definitely um, doesn't enhance fitness a- avoiding definitely. a skill level conversation at that point so it's it's hard and like I said it is hard and that's back away games I mean you hope like I say, do you look to bit more tactical do you look to try and sit in that Sunderland game try and reserve a little bit, not go at it too much. I mean, if you're chasing the ball, that's still going to tie your legs out mm-hmm. um, and, and target a bit more of the Swansea game and aim to play for a few more minutes in the, in the Swansea game and do the Sunburn game. Do you look like to rest a few players? Not rest, but maybe plan to bring players off a little bit earlier or start them later on or start them from the bench to target that Swansea game. It, it's tough. Um, is, does more do that? Because he's probably not got the luxury of to write off games at this point um, from, from points position, but also from a, fan perception as well. I think if we go to Sunderland, play a weaker team, no interest in really playing and come away with a defeat, it's not going to help him. Um, so, it, it, not to sound like a broken record, it is a real problem. Um but equally, I think Sunderland, that that of are a team that we, we can look to get at. I mean, they, you've alluded to where they sit at the table, they're not too far above us. Um, and if you kind of look at their their results, are not, they're not in fantastic form. They had a bit of a, a purple patch before and the bounce. Outside of that, they've, they've been relatively poor really um, they have not the game um, of the weekend but two games prior they did go down to 10 men so that might skew it slightly but I do think they're, they're more of an attractive position for us to, to play and trying to get points I mean if you look at the points we probably need to try and stay above the drop between now and January that is a game which I would be looking at and saying even though it's away based on the home games that we've got it's somewhere we could probably look to try and pick up points so whether you, you put all the balls in that court and go for it it, it, it's tough but certainly from a squad depth point of view that's why I said maybe it's a, really it's the wrong way around if we'd done Swansea Sunderland and Southampton that'd have been ideal, doing them last out of three probably isn't the best Yeah um,
2: it is a, it's a, it's a, an interesting conundrum he's got coming up isn't it um, I, I don't really know what I'd do to be honest I mean I, I so as good as Saturday was, you you're still relying on players that maybe aren't at that kind of level yet, are they? Do you know what I mean? But I think someone who's really stepped up um, and Matt on the on the main pod, you give him a give a big shout out, Mister um, Ben Jackson had a great yeah. game on Saturday, didn't he? I mean, how Even how
3: tougher when you've got well exactly
2: exactly, and I think one thing that one thing that we've said. Um, over the last, what is it? How is it? Two seasons. We haven't replaced Toughlo or O'Brien, have we? And that's been one of the the big. Not effectively. Not, effectively. Not effectively. Yeah. Um, can you see Mister Jackson potentially stepping up and becoming a a proper key player for us this season? He seems to have settled in a bit more, doesn't he? Yeah,
3: he's, he's better, isn't he? Um, it. it I think the thing with Ben Jackson is he's always had decent delivery. He's always had really good set piece delivery, crossing ability and strikes the ball really well. And we've not really seen that in the first team. We've seen it quite a lot in the B team. He's got a lot of free kicks and really good delivery. Um, but we started to see that more. And it's weird that it's come on the right-hand side, but it's, I think just cutting in on his left foot and then having that space just to you know hit the diagonals has, has really helped him. Um, it just it just creates a different dimension, a different point of attack as well. It's it's really strange. And I quite like Sauber on that side as well because Sauber can, you know, stick to the, you know, get uh, get chalk on his boots, as they say. And Ben Jackson come inside an underlap and it, it has quite a decent little dynamic in the makings. I think Ben Jackson physically has, has lacked fullback because he, he, he just kind of has that... Um, it, it just sort of gets pushed around a little bit, if, if for want of a better phrase. Whereas energy-wise, no problem. He's got great stamina. He's perfect wing back. You know, he's got great stamina. Gets up and down. So yeah, he's he's definitely got that. He's just he's still got to push more though, and and you can't really rely. I know he's 22, 23 now, isn't he? But mm-hmm. you can't really rely on kids coming. You know, to hang your hat on. You really have to have players in the team who you can rely on week in, week out. And then these kids that come in should be able to be dropped in and out and then be allowed to develop at their own pace, if you like. But I think the problem is, if you're relying on Ben Jackson, which this is no slight on Ben Jackson, who's done really well, the problem is you can't really build up too much expectation with him because he will have a dip and he will come back again and he'll dip and he'll come back and before plateauing at a certain level. So you need players like Rodoni, although Rodoni's still quite young, but he's played more, more games, mm. if you like. Um, you need players like that. You need Hog. you need Helic to be consistent, to allow them to be able to dip in and out. So really, I look at key players more as Helic, Nichols, you know, the spine of the team, Hogg. Um, Kasumu, although Kasumu, again, you could say he's not played a million games, you know, oh, no one's played a million games apart from Pele, but you know, no one's <laughs> played like um, hundreds. Of, he's not played hundreds of games either. So you need, you need your constants throughout that team to keep going and keep delivering and and be the, the, the backbone of the team when someone like Ben Jackson will, flit, will, will flitter in and flitter out and at the minute it's flittering in and that's, it's good. You know, and it's, a, like I said, on the pod, it's an unusual position. So, uh, I just, I think he, when he starts making more of the crossing and set-piece situations, then I think we'll see him go up another level again and that's when his importance will, will you know, be more noticeable, if you like, to, to fans, is that when all of a sudden he's whipping balls in and we're, we're you know, you've got people on the end of it, and that's when I think. But you'll look at Ben Jackson and think, yeah, he's he's nailed it now, and he's uh, he's doing what he needs to do. Yeah, um, one thing when we're
2: kind of talking about that, Johnny, that um, I seem to look at other team squads every week and feel like they've they've built up a squad over a number of years, and there's players in there. So this Swansea team, for example, have got a number of players who've been there for what three or four years. They've all, you know, it's been building over time. Um, is there anyone in that Swansea team that you that you really like, that that's a bit of a standout? Um, there's a few familiar names there for us, um, and then they've spent a bit of money as well this year. Um, is there anyone that you like? Uh, ideally, you'd have at town.
3: <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: I mean, there's a few in there that have been, for, there's, there's one, one who's been at town, I think would be useful. Um, I mean, Jerry Patterson's kind of had a bit of an interesting relationship at Swansea. He's kind of been flavour a month and then put out, cast out to the side, and then come back and yeah. performed really well. Um, I mean, to kind of fit a problem that we've got at the moment, Matt Graham's would be a fantastic addition to Huddersfield Town. Um, and then they've got a couple of kind of well attackers, forwards, Jamal Lowe and Jerry Ait's, who are scoring goals. Um, like roughly double figures probably between them. So there's a few to pick out there. But like you say, a few of those have, they've been there. Year in year out, um, and I mean, they're, they're, all of those would start for town on 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 Saturday. Um, players that have been there year in year out. Obviously, we've got a few at town, but they're arguably the players and positions that we've been looking to replace for a while. It's so like either up front or or in midfield. And that's because the players that we've brought in have just I mean, they've, they've aged over, over time. They've gone from. Well has been here since John I mean 1908. But like awards. You wards, know, Jeremy came in towards the end of his career and he he's doing he's been a good service for town. Four years Danny was has been that's his fourth year. Yeah. I think Three I think year so, contract yeah. and then a, then a one year, I don't know. That probably to correct me if I'm wrong on that one. Um but it, those are um, it's like those are the areas we'd we say we need to replace. Look, when we've needed to replace for a while, um and the players that have excelled, we've we've kind of just not been able to keep hold of or we've looked to do you know what I mean cash in. Um and you're quite right. We seem to have a it's either or, isn't it? We have players that stick around and we'd probably like to replace some or players that we seem to like and they seem they seem to go um sometimes quite randomly. Do you know what I mean the likes of um Kamara and Pippa just mm. seem to kinda of come and think probably would play now but just go elsewhere. So yeah, we don't I think if you're of Swansea family at Huddersfield, apart from Johnny Hogg, you probably like, have don't really know the team that seems to turn up e- each year. The churn's quite high. I mean, most time championships do have a decent amount of percentage of churn, but yeah, we do seem to not kind of seem to build a team. Which if we look at if you look at successful teams that do well, they build. It's like Luton last year. A lot of those players you recognise year in, year out because they add and they build and they add and they build and they generally try and retain the players that they've got the quality they pick out the good players and, and then build on that it's it's quite a simple model but we never seem to be able to to do it really but that's a different yeah, yeah
3: we had this conversation didn't we johnny i think a few months ago as well town the problem with town is when they build something there's usually one part is for it's. it's you go back to your level one coach does it is that you get strivers and stragglers And anybody that strives, Huddersfield Town will push them out the door to sell them, and then you're starting again. So Huddersfield Town are constantly starting again. And Kevin Nagel did say in one of of the early interviews, one one magic word you mentioned there was to stop the churn. And to stop the churn, you've got to stop signing crap players, haven't you? So otherwise you'll be constantly churning. So um, hopefully Mr Cartwright has uh, a few aces up his sleeve for uh, the coming windows because that's one way to stop the churn is to sign decent Decent players, but they, they cost money, fortunately. And Swansea, You I mean, you look at Swansea's team and I think, Tom, just to maybe jump ahead slightly, but hmm. you look at their team and one way Town might be able to take advantage is they're actually quite young at the back. Yeah. Rushworth, who's been playing in goal, and Rushworth's really interesting. I'm going to be interesting to watch him because he was in Town's academy when we binned it. Hmm. Um so that's, you know, you've got a goalkeeper there in the five million bracket, you know, and, um, who we've lost for nothing, if you like, because of that decision in 2017, which we'll move on from, uh, they've got, you know, fullbacks are interesting as well. Timon they've got from Stoke, who's under, you know, all of them are under 25. They've got Bashir Humphreys from Chelsea on loan. They've got mm. Ben Cabango, who's been there a little while, but he's still only 23, uh, a young right back as well in Ashby. So, they're all sort of twenty-four and under. At the, you know, in that in that defence, they've got Harry Darling as well, who might be put in at some point. Who's from MK Dons twelve months ago. Uh, their experience comes in the pivot in midfield with Jay Fulton and Matt Grimes. But you know, further forward, then you've got Cooper as well, who's quite young. And then they spent money on Jerry Yates, who. I have this discussion with one of my mates. He's a big Jerry Yates fan and I've never really been that big on him, but he seems to score against town just to shut me up. <laughs> but he's he's very streaky. He's Jerry Yates. He seems to go through, a, a, you know, a five or six in a certain period and then do nothing for months. Um, so hopefully he won't do anything for <laughs> on Saturday. But you now I've said that, you know how it works. And Jamal Lowe's a, a player who would probably fit quite well in our front line. So they're, they're an interesting team. But they're in transition and I think if Towner to take any advantage it will come maybe around the back of those younger fullbacks or around the back of the defence and that's where somebody like Karoma or Bergzorg could exploit. Um, but their midfield, that pivot in midfield Huddersfield would, would need to get on top of Fulton and Grimes and you know, Hogg and Kasumu is probably ideal for that. They would need to get on top of them. It's, it's going to be a really interesting and bitty game I think mm. against them. But um, But I think that might make for a good game as well. you know. Because usually when we go to Swansea, we just usually get passed to death, was it? Last year where we had a... Or the year before where we had an XG at Swansea of like 0.07, wasn't it? It was horrendous, I think it might have been last year. I think it It was. was It was diabolical. This year shouldn't be like that um, because they don't play the same style of football. So it's going to be like who blinks first. And if we stay solid, I think we've got a very good chance of getting something at Swansea. It's, It's just about no mistakes at the back and when you've got helic Lee's and pearson that's that's a good combo you know to have in a game like this uh yates will score half chances if if given you know if he's on it jamal Lowe's a pest and they've got cooper who's pretty you know, tricky as well so they're a good team swansea but there are ways you can get them and you can see why they're inconsistent and you can see why they are where they are because of the the inexperience at the back uh,
1: mm-hmm. and
3: it's a new back line you know time and Humphreys, you know new this season so And that's where Michael Duff builds his base. He's at the back. So he's obviously trying to get that right first. But with inexperienced players, it's going to be trickier. So Town can take advantage of that if they they play the cards right. It's just keeping out Yates, Lowe, Patterson or, or limiting them at the other end, which is going to be tricky. But I think we could do something on Saturday. I don't fancy us really for the Sunderland game, but the Swansea game, I look at that and I agree with Johnny. I think this is one way you go, do you know what? Get the tactics right here and there's something there for us.
2: Wow, a bit of positivity. That's rare these days, isn't it? Um, but uh, spot on, Matt. I think um, a lot of those names as well you mentioned, um, quite a few of those younger lads are on loan, isn't it? it? seems to be putting a lot of faith in the loan players, um, and like you said, putting a lot of faith in um, the, younger, the younger lads. It can sometimes... Uh, be a bit risky that especially if if the fans aren't enjoying your football then they're going to get on your back aren't they at home so I guess that's one thing that you uh you hope that town can at least frustrate the home side um and Darren Moore can come out like uh, Russell Martin did on Saturday and say how everyone turned against their own team <laughs>
3: <laughs> Yeah, it's, I mean they're right flanks they're inexperienced but the left flank, you could time and time great going forward, but defensively, Stoke fans have always said he's a bit ropey defensively and he's playing left back and not wing back at the minute. So, like I say, you can get maybe get Sauber, Thomas, Caroma, and Bergsaw around the back of them at times. So, I think it's going to be a good game, you know. Um, except like I say, it's going to be bitty, but I think that's going to lead to chances and and lead to breaks. And I'm, I'm quite mm. looking forward to the game on Saturday. Whereas usually you go away to Swansea, you just think, Oh, this is going to be garbage, we're going well, to have to death. And but yeah, I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be. A surprisingly good game. I Maybe that's the key is. there, I mean, though, Matt.
1: Is it's, it's take, it, there's going to be chances, but I think it's taken our chances that um, we need to concentrate on. I think yeah, we could see that on, strong still, is it? on Saturday. I mean, I'm sure a Samson fan would, would point to their chances, but to focus on Huddersfield, there were plenty of chances to, to get good chances there. Um, I mean, it'd take them and probably the only, only thing that wasn't really a chance was ended up when the ball went in the back of the net. I think we all get presented with chances, but it, it, it's absolutely pivotal we start to take those because otherwise games like this will start to slip through because fair thing keeping a clean sheet is necessary there and jemy I mean, we've've we've, we've not scored a lot of this season could we just pass the opportunity to score so often
2: yeah and johnny i think um kind of what we touched on earlier about the the lack of potentially strikers for these next two games um could hinder us a little bit, although strikers aren't on the, <laughs> on the best form anyway. Um, but it turns out that town are potentially a bit of a bogey team for Swansea.
3: Because... Oh, hang on, Tom. Hang on, hang on. Hang on.
2: Tom's history corner. <laughs> <laughs> Tom's history corner. Bra- <laughs> Brady will be happy. Brady will be happy. One jingle made it in. Um, because we are, we've actually beaten them 26 times drawn 18 and only lost 18 Um, and the first meeting between the teams was in 1952 um, a 3-0 win for Town, Davy Metcalf and Glazard on the score sheet in front of 28,000 fans at Leeds Road, look at that madness Um, and then obviously we've already touched on that last meeting was that 1-0 away defeat uh, last season with a terrible uh, XG Um, so is it? Are we someone's bogey team for once? Can we get result, Johnny? What's your prediction for this
1: one? I'm, I'm, I'm like Matt. Really, I don't know if it's just. You know I mean, it's eventually got to us. We're all, we're all losing it. But I, I at risk of, I mean, tempting fate. But I, I, I do fancy against ones. Um, and I, I, believe the club, certain the management of the club will have looked at this game as a game to target as well. Um. So, I'm gonna go two on town.
2: You got goal scorers, not striker, probably.
1: (laughs) I'll go. I'll go Helic, um, and I'll go Danny Ward.
2: Oh, he's coming back off the bench. Helic, man, you got be... specifics now. Yeah, Hellick. Yeah. I the think they want to play at what time, time as well, Johnny. I mean, <laughs> <in a> <laughs>
1: but yeah, Warden and, Ward and Hellick. Don't ask me nice anything more than that. <laughs> Matt, what about you?
3: I, I was gonna say two-one as well. I'm still gonna say it, um, but I fancy Bergzog to get. It's gonna be. I think there's gonna be a really random scorer in there, like someone really random, like Romani, Edmonds, Green, or something. But I fancy Berg be, be, Karoma. It's going to to cause problems for them. Um, we're recording this early in the week, so blind optimism takes over before you know reality kicks in later in the week, doesn't yeah. it? So I'm going to say I mean, you could you, you could pass Danny
1: Ward as a as a random scorer as well, to be honest. But,
3: yeah. yeah, I mean, it'd be a random starter as well. Maybe, but I'm going to say two-one. And
1: well, if any fans disappointed with that, they need locking up.
3: <laughs> so
1: there you go. Yeah.
2: Um, well, I, I'm gonna go one um, nil, town, and uh, we'll have. Um, I would say Helic, yeah, Helic, Helic goal. But you know, knowing, knowing our luck, we'll probably we'll probably get battered against Swansea and then nick a one nil against Sunderland or something like that, won't we? Um, but yeah, that's it. <laughs> yeah, um, that's it from this week. Um, apologies to the. Usual listeners, that Brady wasn't here. It was um a lot more amateur. That's all I'll say. <laughs> with me in the driving seat, but thankfully Johnny and Matt um pulled me up a bit and, and helped us out here today. So um yeah, uh, anything else, Matt? Oh yeah, um you can get your ten percent off Magic Rock with the uh, <laughs> discount. There it is. A H T T 10 percent online get some drinks in enjoy yourself up the town um listen to everything that we put out i'm not very good at this kind of thing i need to <laughs> i need some training from brady i think anything in-
0: There's a team that is dear to its followers. The colors are bright, blue and white, they're a team of renown, they're the pride of the town, and the game of football is alive.